Hey, God bless you guys. Uh, you're, you're praising real good. You're singing real good today. And in just a minute, I'm going to turn and share some verses of Scripture with you from Matthew chapter 25. Hey, we're delighted that you're with us today. And uh, we know it's been a challenging time of year, challenging time uh, that we're going through. And so we just continue to pray for you, continue to uh, encourage you uh, in your life and in your faith. And uh, good to see you guys today. Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25, we continue to work on the church and make progress. And, and uh, if you want to go over and take a look, contact us. Uh, we'll make sure that you, you get in there and able to, to look around and see. And uh, over the next, oh, the next month or so, we're going to try to get some of you guys to help us. we got some projects that we're going to uh, really begin to key in on and uh, that we can do ourselves. We, we've been doing the HVAC ourselves. We've got some other things that we're going to be uh, coming to you with. And so... Uh, Stay updated for for future announcements about that. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 1 says this. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra olive oil. And when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And at midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids got up. They prepared their lamps. And then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were going to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. I want to talk to you today about uh, our priorities, uh, our eternal priorities. Uh, I know we've got a lot of things that happen in our life. We have a lot of decisions we have a lot of choices that we made, that we make, and uh, often we're guilty of procrastinating. And I want you to think about the things that we're most likely to procrastinate on. We're we're uh, most likely to procrastinate uh, going to the doctor, getting a checkup. We're most likely to procrastinate uh, cleaning our house or doing the dishes, or mowing the lawn, or it's, you know, it's kind of an endless list of things that we really don't think are that big of a deal, uh, and so we put them off because they're not really on our list of priorities. They're not, they, they don't rate very high on the things that we really enjoy doing, like paying our monthly bills on time. You know, it feels really good to actually pay the bills And some people, I know most people don't even think that this is a reality anymore, 
but some people even balance their checkbook. And some of you are sitting there today and saying, we don't have to balance our checkbook anymore. Uh, but take my word for it. There's actually, it's kind of like those, the, the same people that say there's no use for algebra. The same people say there's no use of balancing my checkbook. But believe it or not, there is a use for algebra. And there is a reason to balance our checkbook. Take my word for it, okay? But it's, it's one of those kind of things that we procrastinate. Things like planning for our retirement or leaving for work on time. <laughs> leaving for the appointment on time. Uh, leaving for church on time. Some people are famous for being late. I had, I had an aunt that was famous for being late. I don't care what it was. She was always late. You could count on it. You could set your watch. She would be 15 minutes late. You know, things that we procrastinate, stuff like getting in shape, changing the oil on our car, whatever, learning, learning a new skill or a trade. And so uh, all of these things, we, we, we know that they're somewhere on the list but they're really not very important to us. They don't really uh, make our top priorities. And so, so many times we put these things off, and every single one of us in this room today procrastinate from time to time. We, we put it off to another time. We put it off to a better day or, or to a better hour of the day. We, if, if I could just, we think to ourselves, if I could just sleep for five more minutes, we procrastinate getting up. We're, we're, we're all guilty of doing all of these kinds of things. We procrastinate the things that we don't like. We procrastinate the things that we would rather ignore. We procrastinate the things that we regard as completely worthless. But we've got a story here in Matthew chapter 25 about a wedding. And the one thing that most individuals do not procrastinate is on their wedding because wedding is one of the most significant events in a person's life and a wedding would be something that we would put on our list of priorities. You see, here's what we do. Our priorities prove what we value. Understand that today. Priority proves what is valuable to us. Priority. It's, 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 it's something that we must follow through. It's something that we must do. Now, take my word for it. I've performed many wedding ceremonies, and I've got people that ask me the question. They say, uh, my boyfriend and I are thinking about getting married. What would it take for you to marry us? And I say, well, get a marriage license and come and stand in front of me and I'll marry you guys, you know? And uh, because in, in the culture that we live in, a lot of people don't value marriage much, but I, I, I place a high value on marriage. And if people want to get a marriage license and show up, I'll marry them. I, I know ministers that in the past that said, bless God, I just, I just won't marry anyone. Well, I will. I'll, I'll literally marry. I, I got people that call me on the phone. Pastor, would you marry? Yes, I'll marry you, okay? 
I'll perform this ceremony because marriage is a very important thing. And I've performed countless wedding ceremonies. I've worked with all kinds of brides and all kinds of, of wedding party parties. I've met brides who have planned their wedding since they were little girls and they had every single did detailed figured out to the most minute aspect of that wedding. And in their imagination, that wedding, they'd gone through that wedding. They had, they'd figured everything out about the wedding and, and rehearsed it over and over again in their heart and over and over again in their mind. You see, brides are filled with happiness and enthusiasm in, in anticipating their wedding day. In Matthew chapter 25, we have a story of 10 bridesmaids that are waiting to meet the bridegroom. Notice this, all 10 had been invited to participate in the wedding. All 10 knew the bridegroom was coming. All of them appeared to be excited to meet the bridegroom. They intended on coming. They were assembled together in the right location. They were in the right, they were in the appointed place, if you will. They came to that particular venue on that day. They, get, they appeared to give their complete attention. But the scripture says this. It says that they were prepared. They appeared to be dressed in their wedding garments to meet the bridegroom. And they gave the illusion that they were there for the wedding. But the Bible points this out, that five of the bridesmaids were wise. Five of, I think the scripture is saying this, that five were fully prepared. There were five that they, they were just not trying to give the illusion that they were prepared, but they were actually prepared for the wedding. They were ready for the wedding. They were ready for the bridegroom. They gave their full attention. They were not going to let anything distract them from that particular or their wedding on that day. They gave every attention. They gave all their attention to the details when the bridegroom came. They were, they were wise. They knew that the marriage was the most ev important event, and meeting the bridegroom was priority over everything else. So they were in the right place. They had their wedding garments on. Their lamps were filled with oil, and they were ready when the bridegroom came. But the scripture also points out that there's five foolish virgins. They had the appearance of preparation. They had the appearance of being dressed for the wedding. They gave the appearance because they were in the right place, and yet they were not completely prepared for that. Way. They were not completely prepared to meet the bridegroom because they left out one detail. They failed to fill their lamps with oil for when the bridegroom came. They procrastinated in their preparations. They failed to give top priority. Our preparation proves what our priorities are, what we're preparing for, how we're preparing our life how we're preparing ourselves. It proves what is priority in our life. And there were five that prepared. There were five that gave priority. And there were five that procrastinated. 
in some, in one of the most important details. Because the Bible says this, that the bridegroom was delayed in his arrival. And all 10 of the bridesmaids, the scripture says, became tired. They became weary. They rested. In fact, they even slept. They're waiting for the bridegroom. And you know, it's easy to get weary. The Bible says this, do not be weary in well-doing for in due season you'll reap if you do not faith. Hey, it's easy to get tired, okay? I'm kind of tired this morning. All right? Even though I slept very good last night, I'm kind of sleepy today. I'm kind of tired today. <laughs> Zeph, it's easy to get weary, all right? It's easy to get tired. And they, they became weird. The, the, the best of individuals, the most prepared, become weary often. They all became weary. They slept. But at midnight, the announcement came that the bridegroom had arrived. All of them got up, prepared their lamps. But there was five foolish, and they said, listen, they realized this. My lamp has gone out. Our lamps have gone out. So they went to the wise, and they said, listen, could you lend us some of your oil because our lamp has gone out? And the wise said this, listen, we don't have enough to spare. So why not? It's midnight. Imagine this, okay? Now, nowadays, I was going to say you could go, go to Walmart at midnight, but you can no longer go to Walmart at midnight, okay? <laughs> any other year, if I would have been preaching this message, any other year you could have gone to Walmart at midnight. But in 2020, you can't even go to Walmart at midnight. Maybe you can go to Walgreens, Okay? at midnight. I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, this is for married people, okay? My wife came running out of Walgreens. We stopped at Walgreens one night, and uh, it was <clears throat> it was val actually Valentine's Day, and it was like late at night. It was like 10 o'clock at night. Debbie comes running out of the store. She said, quick, let's get out of here. I said, what's up? What's happening? She said, so-and-so's in Walgreens buying lingerie for their wife. At 10 o'clock tonight, quick, let's go. I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> I don't know why that, that was even part of this, but it was. <laughs> the point I'm making is this. Try to go at midnight and buy oil, okay? Especially in the midi the Middle East, okay, is impossible to go buy oil at midnight. They said, maybe you can go find someplace that's open and you can buy some oil. So they left, they went to buy the oil, and while they were gone, the bridegroom opened the door and invited the wise bridesmaids to come in. They went into the wedding, and then he locked the door. And when they came back, they find, found that the door was locked. And if you go in and read the next few scriptures, they tried to call out. They tried to get the attention of the bridegroom. And the bridegroom literally said this, I don't know you. I don't know you. You see, God, I, I think the, the reason the Lord gives us this parable is because he wants us to be prepared eternally. He wants us to be prepared spiritually, not just look like we're prepared, okay? Not just to be at the right place on, on Sunday morning at 10 a.m., okay? Not to just give the appearance we're, we're hanging out with other Christians. We're hanging out with the church group. 
and it looks like we're ready. But, but what Jesus is, is posing to us, and Jesus Christ is the bridegroom, the question is this, do we just have the appearance that we're ready? Are we just hanging out with people that are ready? Are we just hanging out with those that have accepted Christ? Or have we truly given our heart and life to the Lord? That is the question that the Lord is posing to us. You see, this morning as I, as I share this word with you, there are earthly priorities and there are eternal priorities. Yes, we must occupy till Jesus comes. We must work to meet the needs of others and our families till Jesus comes. Uh, there's an old saying that says we can be so heavenly minded that we're of no earthly good, okay? And so I, the Lord wants us to help one another. The Lord wants us to work. And the, Bible, the scripture tells us this, that anyone that doesn't work shouldn't even eat, okay? And so it's God's plan that we work. It's God's plan that we stay busy. It's God's plan that we occupy till he comes. There are earthly priorities and there are eternal priorities, and we got to take care of the earthly. We, we've got to take care of our family. The Scripture also tells us that anyone that doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel or worse than an unbeliever. So you see, God wants us to give the proper priority to the earthly and also to give the proper priority to the eternal. That's what God has called us to do, the earthly and the eternal. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom. The church is the bride of Christ. And as born-again believers, we are the bride of Christ. The church is not a building. The church is not brick and stone and and mortar and, and wood. The church is all of us together. We are the bride of Christ. And one day, Jesus Christ will return for his bride to take us into the wedding. There's a lot of people that's going to enter the bride, they're going to enter the wedding by way of death. Because the scripture tells us it's appointed unto individuals once to die and then comes the judgment. There are those that pass from this earth. Uh, just this week, Elisa's grandmother passed away. And, and it's, it's devastating when our loved ones pass. But... It's, it's the way of life, that we live, that we're born, that we live, and then eventually we pass from this earth. So some of us will meet the bridegroom by way of death. Others will meet the bridegroom by way of the rapture. Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, that however we meet the bridegroom, he says this in Revelation chapter 19, verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb and his bride has prepared herself. You see, in heaven, Jesus will take his bride, the church, to live with him for all eternity. Now listen, everyone's got good intentions. We could go, we could go and, and we could poll America today, and we could find that probably uh, 75, 80%, maybe 90%, of individuals that we would talk to say, yes, I want to go to heaven. We, we'd find a certain percentage of the population that does not believe in God. They, they do not believe in the afterlife. But most people have got good intentions that they want to go to heaven. They, they want to be in the right place when the bridegroom comes. 
and everybody's got good intentions, we want to have our wedding garments on. We want to be in the right place. We want to be ready when, when Jesus Christ comes. No one would want to be or think about being left behind. But the truth of the matter is this parable in Matthew chapter 25. You know, I know so many times uh, we just, and I talked to you a month or so ago about this living happily ever after. Everybody just wants to live happily ever after. But according to this parable in Matthew chapter 25, there will be people that will not be prepared and they will be left behind. You say, well, how do I, how, how do I make sure that I, I'm, I'm included? Well, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? That's the question that we must ask ourselves because this parable proves that some people will have the appearance of being ready. Some people will look like they're in the right place, but there's only one that knows, and that is God. That is the Lord that will know what is on the inside of our heart today. You see, will we be like the wise bridesmaids whose lamps were filled with oil, or will we be like the five foolish bridesmaids? The, the question is up to you and I. I believe today the oil is symbolic of our love and passion for Jesus Christ. I want you to get this today. That there's a lot of people today and uh, they don't have any oil in their lamp. They're in love with a big, beautiful church building, okay? They're in love with an agenda, all right? They're in love with the elements of Christianity. They're in love with religious tradition. They're in love with ceremony today. They're in love with a particular leader or with a particular pastor or with a particular guy that they like to listen to on the internet. Are you with me today? But they're not really connected or in love with Jesus. They've got the appearance they said, man, I just, I just really like that. I just, I just really love that. I just really love what that guy said. But do you love Jesus Christ? Some people are in love with a habit, but they're not in love with Jesus. They're in love with a title, but they're not in love with Jesus. They're in love with a position that they've got in a church, but they're not in love with Jesus. So that is what Jesus is, is posing to us today. Are we, are we one of the wise? Are we in with the foolish today? Do we have the appearance? Or is Jesus a, the top priority in our life? Is he everything to us? That, that is the question today. You see, we've got to make sure, and this is really the last point that I want to talk to you about, is we've got to make sure that the oil in your soil, soil the oil in your soul. <laughs> S-O-U-L. Your soul is a priority. Your love and your passion for Jesus Christ is a priority today. That we love spending time with the Lord. Why in the world do you want to go to a place and live for all eternity and you don't even like the guy? that runs the place. (laughs) 
it's kind of funny, but it's, it's sad, okay? Make sure the oil in your soul is a priority day. You see, there's problems in marriage when partners allow outsiders to separate them from their spouse. We're, those of us that are married, and there's a lot of people that's married here today, okay? Those of us that are married, we're not just married when we feel like it, okay? Well, I feel like being married today, so I'm going to be married. No, I'm married, all right? Whether I feel like it or not, I'm married today. There's no one-sided marriages. You're not saved because you feel like it. You're saved because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. But sadly, Christianity in 21st century America is often one-sided. We expect, now get it, we expect Jesus to be our constant companion, but on the other hand, we don't necessarily want to be his constant companion. We're going to hang out with him when we're good and ready. Now, none of us would want to stay in a marriage like that. But today, we got a lot of one-sided Christianity. Here's what we do. If we want to cuss out our neighbor or we want to get stoned or we want to post something shady on social media, then we just put God on hold until we're good and ready to pick him back up. Or sometimes we go on vacation You know, and what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Can I get a witness today? All right. You've all seen the commercial. We say, Jesus, sorry, but this week I don't feel like being married to you. I'm going to go get married to the, I'm going to hang, I'm going to shack up with the devil this weekend, okay? One-sided today. I'll see you in two weeks when I'm ready to pick you back up. And so many Christians have become complacent in the relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going through the rituals. We're going through the motion. But the passion and love for Jesus Christ is gone, and Satan has convinced us that for right now, at least for this short, brief time, that we can make it better without Jesus Sunday's just another day of the week. The oil is leaked from our lamps. Everything else takes priority in our life. Everything else is more important. Everything else is, 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 is better than reading the Word of God. Everything else is more important than spending time in prayer with God. You know, I'm so glad Jesus takes us just exactly like we're, we are. We're not saved by works. I don't want you to get me wrong today. We are not saved by works. We're saved by grace. It's a free gift of God. You cannot do enough good things to earn your salvation. You cannot give enough money to buy your salvation. It's a free gift of God today. All right? But I think this parable tells us something very important, that we need to have love and and passion for Jesus Christ, not just going through the motions today. He takes us exactly where we are. But I want you to recognize this, that salvation is the starting point of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And there's a lot of people today 
They're content with starting point Christianity. Starting point Christianity. And I think we have to ask ourselves that question today. Do I really want to be married to Jesus or do I want just starting point Christianity? Okay, let me, t- let me tell you right now, let me assure you right now that I am not the same spoiled little brat kid that I was when I got married. It's take, Susan, it's taking a lot of work for my wife to whip me into shape. <laughs> she's not very big, but I'll tell you what, she's mean. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not the same person. When I was 17 years old, I'm, I'm getting ready to close, okay? When I was 17 years old, I had a dream one night. I had a nightmare one night. And I was married. And I hated it. Didn't like anything about it. I thought I was in prison. Let me assure you that marriage is not for little boys. Marriage is not for little girls. It's a real thing. It's a real deal today. It's a commitment. It's 24-7. It's not just when we feel like it or not. But there's a lot of Christians today, and they're content to live with starting point Christianity. If me and my wife, if me and Debbie, all right, would have stayed at starting point marriage, I, I guarantee we'd be divorced today if we would have stayed at the starting point, okay? Because either she would have got it. When I first married Debbie, okay, she wouldn't argue with me. She would just cry. Have any of you ladies ever? <laughs> you know, she just, as soon as, as soon as it would start, I would say something, she'd just start crying, okay? And I just couldn't really handle that, okay? It's like, I want a, I, plus God, I want a good argument here, you know? <laughs> I, I deserve it. I deserve But now, God gave me my wish. <laughs> and if I want one, if I want to start one, oh, my goodness. You better look out. A lot of people today content with starting point Christianity. It's not simply enough to believe in Jesus. It's not simply enough to just confess Jesus with our mouth. You see, there are those, and they came to that wedding. They looked like they were ready. They looked like they were anxious. But on the inside, they were not committed. So I ask you the question, how much love and affection do you have for Jesus?